Hello, and welcome to the Modern Ear Podcast, where we take a look at classic and favorite albums. I'm Trevor. I'm Barrick, and today, boys will be boys. Okay, I will not sing, uh, but <laughs> we will do what we uh, do, I think, since we were boys, talking about music. And we have an album with the perfect title, because it's future in it. And Trevor, you are more like the open mind that likes discovering new music you represents the future and then we have the <laughs> nostalgia in it and that's me i'm the grumpy old guy that always saying well, in music it was way better in the past and you know being melancholic about it and all that stuff because we talk about future nostalgia by trevor's very new favorite artist dua lipa so, despite of that, what people should know about the album before we go into the first listening. Are we going to do a podcast now? <laughs> <laughs> so, about Future Nostalgia. It was released last year at the beginning of the pandemic on March 27th. Yes. And it contains... When I'm not mistaken, 11 songs from the original. Or was it 10? So my version was 11. The, let, me, let me check. Oh, yeah. You have the vinyl. 11. It's right. a very short album. Like 43 minutes or something, right? Yeah, something like that. And it's Dua's second, second album. She yeah. had one album it's... before that. It's not the debut album. Not the debut album. Better than the debut album. Which is something that I don't find happens. I find I, I like a lot of debut albums more than other albums. Yeah, I don't know if you're the same. Yeah, most of the time. I think uh, for a big artist, mostly the debut album is like the big thing. And all others are... It's quite hard for them to catch up. Like Nas is the best example for most of the time. Not all the time, but I also agree. Mostly I like the, the debut the most. That's where I'm I'm not really future in that in that sense. Okay, yeah, true. <laughs> I'm only future in the sense that I have two kids. And, <laughs> and that you start like the Dua Lipa. Yeah. I actually wore that out on the kids where Lily hated it when she first heard it. What? Really? Lily didn't like I... it. No. Okay. I thought, well, it... no wonder that he likes it because that's a perfect album for kids. No. Well, maybe not from the lyrics, but. <laughs> yeah, that, that I learned later. <laughs> that I learned when we were going along and Lily started singing along to, she sings about, she sings along to levitating all the time. And then we usually have levitating on, on repeat. And then just over and over and over again. And I forgot to put it on repeat one day. And then she started singing along to Pretty Please. <laughs> Where it says, I need your hands on me. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> what is my five-year-old singing about? <laughs> okay, but she's not starting to sing it uh, at, at good and bad. No, I was uh, uh, like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> keep it okay. on repeat 
lesson learned. <laughs> so your uh, first listening is not that long ago, but um, since then, it feels like forever, right? It feels like forever, and I've listened to it a ton. Like, really a ton. because Like, really a ton. We listen to it daily, like the whole album daily, at least. Still? Yeah, yeah, at least two or three times a day. Wow. Because you want it or now your kids want or both? It's both. We enjoy it. I'm home with the kids. We put it on and puts everyone in a good mood. No one wants this depressing music right now, Beric. <laughs> so, but how do you... Dis I mean, she's a big artist. I still would never heard of her if it wasn't for you. I have because I live in my music bubble. But... Um, I How do you start listening to Dua Lipa? Just because you heard it on the radio or just because, oh, you heard about it and then start listening? I think Spotify put it up somewhere or I don't, I don't even really remember. I watch sometimes like Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. The, the clips on YouTube from their show. I know the first time I ever saw Dua Lipa was on a Jimmy Kimmel thing where she actually went to his house and woke him up singing a song in his house, <laughs> like went into his bedroom and was singing like her song electricity and did like dancing on his bed in the middle of the night. His wife likes to mess with him that way, apparently. And the, uh, that was the first time I ever really heard her, but this album, I don't even remember how, I think it just popped up on Spotify one day and I listened to it. Okay. That would not happen to me because from the music I listening to, they, they will not suggest to me Dua Lipa. Not, not that they do because I listen to it on Spotify. But uh, maybe you started because she has such a great voice when she's talking. Maybe. She has a great voice in general. Also when yeah, singing. But yeah. I like it even more when she talks with her British accent and a very deep voice. Pretty cool. She was actually yeah. told when she was little she couldn't be in the choir because she had a deep voice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I honestly don't know why I started listening to it. It was there all of a sudden. There it was, bam. And it never left. And then it then. stayed. It was there and then it stayed. And I'm grateful for it. It was a great, it's a great album. Sounds like a good family experience. It is. We have done lots with Dua Lipa this year. Physical fitness. <laughs> well, okay. That first, I can see. Like, first online concert. Like you put on your, your 80s aerobic outfit and then uh, working out to Dua Lipa? Or? Lily does. Okay. <laughs> She wears a ballerina outfit with I have a pair of socks that look like Chuck's and she puts those on and those are her boots because we watched the Dua Lipa physical video once where they do like aerobics in one of her videos for physical and <laughs> then it's chaos through the entire flat. <laughs> Jumping, sliding. Keeps, keeps the Wallaces in shape since 2020. Dua yeah. Lipa. It's a good motto to have. How strange was it for you to sit down and listen and then writing down stuff for it? I uh, actually heard, it surprised me a bit. I heard things that I didn't really hear before mm. because I we just have it 
we have it on the uh, family stereo all the time. And I, I'm hanging out with the kids, so I don't really yeah. listen, listen, listen. So it was cool to actually just sit down and listen to it. But I had the problem that I always kind of wanted to dance. It's very dancey music. <laughs> so I'd be like writing and I'm like, man. Oh, you can make some notes and then you can dance and then you can make some notes again. That's not my note making process. Not? Okay. No, I don't like to stop. I just like to do it. Hmm. Shall we go into our first listen? Yeah, let's do it. This Was this your actual first listen? Yeah. You hadn't absolutely. really heard it before. No, I only um, skip to, I don't know, maybe the first track that is on Spotify when you put in Dua Lipa because you told me that yeah, Dua Lipa is so great. And you said, yeah, you, you will know, I don't know, a couple of songs and I had no clue. So what was my absolute... Yeah, you don't listen to radio. So. Yeah, at least not to radio where Dua Lipa is running. Um, so... She has big hip hop connections, though, Beric. So, uh, yeah, and as I read, like influences also from hip hop mm-hmm. that I cannot hear, but you know, my my ear is not good enough for that. So, um, yeah, I didn't hear any hip hop influence on this album, but whatever. So the first track is the title track, "Future Nostalgia." What did yes. you think on your very first lesson? Well, the first thing that came to my mind was not about the song itself. It was about two other artists. And it was Justin Timberlake and Frank Ocean. Because of the title. Because the... I think the breakthrough as a single artist from Justin Timberlake was also his second album with the title Future Sound of a love, sex, something like that. Uh, but it was Future Sound in it. And also the breakthrough uh, that put him on the map, as we talked in the other podcast from Frank Ocean, was Ultra Nostalgia. And I wondered if that has something to do with that. Um, that was the first thing that came to my mind. Um, and then I thought, was that song originally written for Bruno Mars? I don't know. The first thing that came to my mind was like, that could be a Bruno Mars song. So she's toured with him before. So okay, that I didn't find. So uh, other than that, so okay, that's uh, a pop song that, like, I can see is is popular, but it doesn't. So for for some of that popular music, I immediately like say I dislike it or or whatever. But nothing like this. It was just like okay. Um. Let's give it more time. But I have to say, it like ended quite fast. It was a special. Is it a special short song? But it's not. Like that was a that was a good sign. Like I was writing down my stuff, and then already, ooh, first song is over. There's the second one. Yeah, it's very. The whole album is very kind of. Tuck, so tuck, I tuck, tuck, tuck. Um, even more okay. It's not really my sound. Like especially from the first listening, I was not getting bored at all. Something like that. How was it for you? Was it like it, it hit you like like a thunder uh, while listening to it the first time? Do you remember? Mm, no, the first the first song I heard was actually the first single, which is track two. Um, but no, I didn't. the The first song kind of makes me think of a first song, like it it feels like an introduction, 
just how mm. the very first of it has like kind of the the spoken wordy bit in the very beginning that's kind of like thinned out yeah it's really start with the words like future nostalgia here it is yeah right? and i found I, I noticed something in in this listen that i hadn't really heard before where there's like doubled up vocals on the verses where it's Dua's voice and then underneath it there's like uh, I don't know if it's her voice pitched down or someone else's someone's voice pitched like mm. an octave lower or maybe even more where you hear this deep voice kind of like a millisecond off of hers it's really and cool when you recognize stuff like this does it make the song even better for you or yeah I, I like when I find little interesting things mm-hmm. And the uh, instrumental p- breakdown in the song, I thought made me really think when I was listening to it, made me think of um, Prince a lot. Oh, okay. I got like a really big Prince vibe out of this song. In the instrumental breakdown, like there was a part just with instrumentals. And I like the beat, but I like the beat in basically all these songs. Yeah, Prince never came to my mind. I, okay, I, I never listened so much to Prince, but I can see that, especially with a lot of 80s sound. Yeah, there's the whole album is kind of 80s, 90s, 70s, 80s, 90s influenced. Yeah, but like the 70s, early, I don't early 90s. Yeah, I don't hear out, but uh, I read also like this, like 70s vibe in it. Well, like the disco, the disco vibe, disco yeah. 70s. No, okay, yeah. Um. That was kind of all I had for future nostalgia, though. Track two. Oh, wait, a, cool title. I like I like the title. We already talked about it. Future, future nostalgia, nostalgia is a very cool title. It's a cool title and it sounds good. And it's the whole concept for the album, so it, it's it's a good way to introduce the concept. I find. Yeah, I agree. So track two, "Don't Start Now," was the very first single on the album. What did you think of that the first time you heard it? Exactly that i heard is that well that must be the first singer from that album even if i didn't heard the other song at that time i said well that is a radio song um i would say that would bring most people just into good mood and it doesn't hurt anybody so most people will really like it and people like me are just also don't hate it right so like <laughs> music haters like like myself and just from the sound that that the first impression was okay radio hit i bet that was the first single anything else from listening though uh, no so like no not at the first listening at all not like the sickest bass ever no i don't know it's just like okay there could be also like 10 years on the radio i, I don't know it was like but the bass, just the bass line is amazing. The bass line, okay. It was like, what, okay. <laughs> no, no. Like so tight. It's it's so good. So that jumped out for you at the first listening immediately. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. This might be where my love of bass has come from, from this song. Well, maybe. I could see that. Maybe. Because it just it's started this year, this past year. Yeah like uh, with, with the like podcast when we started the podcast and this, that's when i basically started listening to this album so maybe it's dua lipa's fault well i have something else <laughs> written down 
from Don't Start Now. I forgot. Um, for for yeah, for that uh, song, and that was <laughs> that would be a typical dinner song in Kazakhstan. <laughs> yeah you know what like when you're in you know for work i was a lot of times in, in kazakhstan and when you go into the restaurant there like there's no restaurant without screens everywhere and pop music like really so yeah all the time and that song i bet okay right now also in kazakhstan restaurants are not open like will we be the, the first time that is the that is a song that I can see that sitting there at dinner talking about business and, and life in Kazakhstan with the guys and Dua Lipa is running out there. <laughs> it, it's a good song. It's not my favorite song from the album, but it's good. Well, uh, I'm I'm curious about that. What what will be? I by the way, I have a clear favorite song. You have a clear favorite. Yep. I think I have a clear favorite. I think I have. Yeah. Um. I heard at the very beginning of, of Don't Start Now, it sounded like almost vinyl crackle when you're listening carefully, which I, I hmm, get into this the further we go in. And there's like a cool wood wooden block thing. I, I like the strange percussion sounds they use. And they have kind of bouncy synth in it, which I it really enjoyed. And the disco guitar. Like the... <laughs> I love yeah. It's like disco flute that we had in the other episode in one episode. Mm -hmm. That uh, I love the just random like disco influenced things that pop up in places. Here it's not that random because that's kind of the whole purpose is to take yeah. nostalgic feeling port parts of things and bring it forward. Sounds like this make it sound very playful, like a little bit childish on purpose. I, I it's like. They, they, it, I reckon at some, at some sounds, I could see them sitting in the, um, like also while at the first listening, but more in another song, like sitting in the studio and really jiggling about that, uh, some sounds and just had fun with that. Probably. There's a whole, there's a Netflix, uh, show called Sound Explorer where they go over one of the songs and she seems like she has fun in the studio, which is cool, which you should. Um, Cool. Track three. Yeah. Thoughts? Let me check. Um, here, so it sounds a little overproduced for me. Like immediately you, you can hear she has a great voice. Um, but the, the singing sounds like, again, that's my, just my taste. Sounded too clean. <laughs> and then I thought, do I know this song? Maybe I know this song. And it's then pop I music. figured, like, no. pop music is supposed to be clean, yeah, Barrett. I know, I know, but it's just not my taste. And uh, I thought, well, maybe I know this from a Super Bowl show, but then I figured, oh no, she wasn't at the Super Bowl show. This was the weekend this year. Yeah. <laughs> um, they fit together, though. Yeah, that that was that that during that song came to my mind that they are not far away, and I can see them having a show together. I mean, I'm not yeah, really. I don't know that much song from Regan. I mostly know him right now from from that last Super Bowl show. But I say, well, okay, that could work. Um, so and this song, like I, I said the last time when Led Zeppelin that I had a listening in the car, and for that song I saw, well, I can see totally people dancing to that. But you know, first of all, I cannot dance. Still, I like to do it, but not to that song. But I can see that being a good song in the car yeah. so also 
Um, and again, here, even not my, if not my taste, I was not getting bored. The moment I, you know, it's not so many notes, but I, I was just finished. Oh, song already, again, just already done. So that at least it's, it's really on point. I wrote, I, I had written down that I, I like the drums. Again, amazing sick bass on it. I, the whole album has just. I was, I was wanted to ask, is that that? Don't you have that note on every song then? Not on future nostalgia, not on the first track, but for for most of the songs, it's pretty much amazing bass. I uh, I thought I thought on cool, it really showed her vocal range pretty mm-hmm. well because she goes pretty deep in it or pretty low which she doesn't in a lot of the other songs. She leaves that part of her vocal range out a lot, I find, on this album. Yeah. Because she can do a leap, it can go very, very low. Which is cool. Yeah, it's it sounds awesome. I, I listened back to some songs of hers that I didn't even know existed during this research, and it's so good. But yeah, cool, I, I, I didn't have that much. It's actually one of my least favorite songs on the album possibly my no mm-hmm. it is my least favorite song on the whole album it's good but okay it didn't really stand out for me that much especially when it's sandwiched between the two songs that it's sandwiched between yeah because i have a guess that physical is like at least in the on the short list for your favorite no, song no 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 it's not no okay not even in the top 4 <laughs> okay <laughs> but yeah so physical tr- not in my top four but it is track number four okay it what is my you... second favorite song this is your second favorite song yeah it's my second favorite because you like doing aerobics <laughs> well kinda not not aerobics but i figured while listening to it well that is maybe a good song for running which i like I totally right and it is because that song moved me more than cool you know um i was very intrigued with the start i said oh nice 80s sound like because 80s sound is something i'm getting right now even more and more into it a lot of artists um second four well that's even a better car song (laughs) and then i thought no wait a minute it's even better for running and it works for running um so I thought, well, and it sounds familiar. I don't know why. Now I know why. But I, while, while listening to it, I, I, I didn't recognize. It didn't use any samples, though. It's just heavily influenced. Yeah. And yeah, the first thing I wrote down, it feels so much like a sports song. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that, that is uh, a good sports song. I can also see that uh, in, in timeouts or halftime shows in the NBA um, you know, I, I've I've heard it at hockey and, games, and, and, and and yeah, that absolutely makes sense. I, I I get that. One thing that I actually wrote down that I hadn't noticed before with this song, I noticed she has a huge pink influence from Pink in her vocal style. Oh yeah, and I hadn't really I didn't really check that before. Like it didn't click before well, doing this listening. For me, it didn't click that the first listening. But this wasn't second, my first totally. listening though. <laughs> yeah, but for me, but but it, yeah, absolutely. I, um, massive influence from Pink. Hmm. 
I guess just the raspy, smoky kind of voice, but also the power behind it. I don't, the vocal stylings are very much pink influenced. Or, yeah. Yeah. And I haven't seen a show or live show from her, but I can imagine that it. So both, like, I, I think Pink is famous for live shows or, or Ross. I don't know. She She's still doing music. No, uh, yeah. But I could see that for Dua Lipa that she putting on a massive show, like really like super choreographed, like Justin Timberlake style. I think with this album, that was the plan, but... Okay, yeah, right. So... Um... I, I actually kind of funny that you mentioned driving because I wrote down that it has the beat is very like a driving beat. Like it goes just on and on and yeah. on and on and on. Yeah. Which works for then sports as well. And this is based. This is the track that we have on for sports at home. If I hear yeah, this, I is. automatically think of inline skating because Lily puts her inline skates on and skates around the apartment while this is put oh, yeah. on repeat that for half an hour. Uh, Absolutely, a sports song, and that does not, I mean, happen very often. That I think for a pop song, it's a good sports song. For me, it's like mostly good rap music or hot rock. Yeah, I this is actually a song where I started noticing the depth in the background music, like the hmm. depth in the music in the track. There's like, like we just said. You think there's things where they kind of put things in just to for kind of a laugh for themselves. I think they might bury stuff in the music. Like they just add interesting textures throughout the songs. And it was here where I that started. I started to notice this has been like the fourth track in a row now where where I just hear like random little things sparkle up in the background, which yeah, I don't know if your everyday listener is going to notice that but once people start listening more and more to the music i think it's something that you start to appreciate in it but it's good that you mentioned that that um fits to what i what i said earlier that i i could feel that they had i don't know that they, they, they did almost like some e- sound bite easter eggs put in there just, just yeah just for the fun of it I can and see yeah so, track five, levitating, not the virgin version featuring the baby. Yes, which came out later, but just the straight up Dua Lipa version featuring no one other than herself and a talk box. And also here, the first note I had was like, "Oh, there it is again, a Bruno Mars song." <laughs> That was my my first note. The second one was you also watched the um, the the teeny show, I would say, or uh, Riverdale, right? Not anymore. That show got weird. Yeah, well, I I, I watched the first two seasons. Yeah, like I think we watched the first yeah. two seasons and then yeah. started watching season three and went, "What is this?" and stopped. Yeah. Same for me. Um, but I have written down that could be also like a musical song and could be like be a part of uh, a show like Riverdale. You know, they have some episodes where they have the musical stuff. Mm-hmm. And I thought that song w- would work also be produced as a, as a musical, <laughs> musical song, even when I'm not an expert in musicals. But that that come up to my strange mind. 
Anything else? A musical no. song. <laughs> well, I wrote down again. Amazing bass. Bass. <laughs> and what, one thing I really kind of liked was the uh, the yeah 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 yeahs in it. Mm-hmm. I thought it sounded kind of like I don't know if you had that over here, but like like the schoolyard songs that people would usually the girls would sing when like jumping rope and stuff. It sounded kind of like schoolyard talk, like the yeah 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 yeah. It, it's a bunch of different vocals layered, but so it may kind of automatically happens thinking of that for me. But I thought that was kind of interesting and loved the talk box in the background. Do you know mm-hmm. talk what you know what that is? Talk box? No. Um Bon Jovi Dead or Alive. It's like okay. a tube that you put in your mouth yep, and you yep, play yep, the yep, guitar yep. and you do the sound. You talk okay, yep. into it and then mm-hmm. that's in the background on the track. Yeah. I find really cool. I love talk box. Ah yeah that okay. I know that sound. Um, what I had never noticed before, and now I can't stop hearing it. There is, um, it's not at the very, very beginning of the track, but like kind of halfway through just before they do say, go into the chorus, there's like a kind of taking off sound that like, it sounds like it's level. I don't know how to explain it properly. It's like a almost like a blast off kind of sound that I hear at one point that sounds like levitating, like you would blast off to go uh, okay. levitating somewhere, which I thought was cool. Again, very, very playful. There's just weird things that. There's another one coming up in the next track as well. Um, and in this one, I really liked that in a lot of her songs, you don't notice her British accent. No. On so Levitating, if... she did it on purpose. Okay. You notice it. Mm-hmm. And I, I just like that. I think it's kind of cool actually just hearing her actual. Uh, she has a very cool accent when she's talking. So, I really dig levitating. I like. I prefer the version with the baby, though. Why? I just like his verse. He has one part in it that I, I just find hilarious. He says, "So catch up, go put some cheese on it, get out of here." <laughs> and I just love it. <laughs> I love it. Okay, ketchup. Because I think ketchup, like the actual ketchup, and yeah, yeah. I just think it's an interesting like like the joke at Pulp Fiction. Ketchup. Okay. Next track. Six. Yes. Pretty please. Pretty please. So what I had written down was like, okay, I like the singing style here more than at the others or forever. So like first, okay, like like she's singing. Next thing I wrote down was like, if she would be an NBA player, she would be Steph Curry. Always in motion, almost like not just running, just seems like dancing on the floor all the time. 
little bit over the top, only shooting for hits. Um, there will always be haters about that style, but the youth and kids are just loving it so hard. That's an interesting guy. Outlook. So there it was for me. She's like the Steph Curry of music. I don't know enough about basketball <laughs> to agree yeah. with that or disagree, but I like the idea of that. It, it's an album that is constantly on the move. Absolutely. And as I mentioned a couple of times already, it seems so playful and childish. And like Steph Curry, like sometimes running around the floor like it and shooting threes like nobody ever did before. And it makes it look so easy that it even makes look the other ridiculous so that it almost seems arrogant. Like, but it's just too easy. But like, kids getting crazy about him. Like, they just love him. And she seemed like also all over the place, still like also cool. Like she, yeah. I think she um, has even when I don't would say her sound is cool, but still you can hear like her attitude is like something like cool. Um, and that was the stuff that came to my mind because I put a lot of things in basketball relations. <laughs> I have a, a decent amount of notes on this song. I always leave myself a, the same amount of space for each track, but this one I have like stuff written between <laughs> spaces. Oh, once again, awesome bass baseline. Yeah, the chorus is great. I really, really, really like. I think it's a cowbell in this one that you hear. The one thing that I wish they had done with it, though, was like pan it where it goes like maybe like from left traveling across to the right or something like that because it's kind of dead in the center the whole time mm -hmm. i just thought it might be an interesting trick um part of it gave me a bunch of um deft deft punk vibes like uh, late 90s deaf deft punk i have a note like what does that sound remind me of? But I, I, I didn't find it. So Daft Punk is good. Uh, it took me a while to think of it, but I, I had the same feeling. Like I, I recognize this vibe from something. What is it? And I kept running through because of the whole concept. And I was thinking it has to be something from when we were like high school aged hmm. or earlier, because she's trying to bring that an influence from there. And I, I came up with Daft Punk. And this one is one of my favorite little things that I found in the whole album. Uh, I had to, I rewound it like multiple times to see exactly when this happens. At with a 150 mark, I'll see if I can even play it for you. Yeah. At the 150 mark, there's right before she says trickle down my spine mm -hmm. there's a little like a like a trickle kind of, 
like an, an electronic kind of trickle. And I, was, I hadn't noticed that before until I just was sitting here listening to it at night. And I was like, that is genius. That's brilliant. Whoever that producer was, was fantastic. I have to say, for some albums, we have to make like the third, fifth or whatever listening after I'm listening to your first listening. <laughs> because it's sometimes there's a more impact what you telling me about what you're hearing than what, what I read so, to change it. So that, okay, that, that it's quite interesting. Such a cool thing. Here, I'll play it for you. And we'll see if you can recognize it. You've disabled screen sharing. What? <laughs> Where can I do this? I'll show it to you later. Okay. Um, that was all I had for Pretty Please. I could go on forever about that song. Though. <laughs> um, all that you have that you want to... Uh, want to share <laughs> track number seven hallucinate what was your first thoughts about that best song yet really yeah so hallucinates your favorite is... yeah absolutely hallucinate has some sound like okay um that is um a pop hit i can work with also good for sports um right here every down that is a song that also moves me so like in some ways good one hallucinate alike what was your and, favorite and at that i also like wrote that down and then i just sit down and, and, and listen so as i said but the other i was writing it was already done i said no, okay listen to that like just listening it one of the first things I remember thinking this the first time I listened to it. The first thing, one of the first thing, first one of the first things I thought about it was it made me think of like a a runway song, like a fashion mm. show. Yeah, I could picture that with like models coming down, a runway. lot of lights everywhere. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know, big show or yeah. Absolutely. That's like a good show song. Also, it also gave me um, a big Kylie Minogue vibe on that one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Part of the song was making me like the, the beat in it made me think of like a heartbeat almost. Hmm. Which I maybe that's why it felt so like moving because it's really like like a heartbeat. And what I and I like the strings in that as well, and the drums. Here I didn't write that I like the bass. Um, <laughs> and what I what I really liked about or what I really like about hallucinating is the pre-chorus of it sounds kind of they go before she hits the chorus it goes kind of dreamy almost. Yes, the way it sounds, and I think that kind of fits with with the title. Absolutely, and then I like that dreamy, like a dreamy part of kind of like music. Yeah, also a good title, like 
like the album it's very the, the titles are very on point like the words yeah as we already said future nostalgia sounds cool like one of the tracks cool physical pretty please sounds just good not only in the chorus also as, as a title hallucinate the she's working quite good with that you need to stop saying the word pretty the words pretty please because i get it in my head and then i can't pretty please continue so uh track eight love again what were your thoughts on that one love again um uh, ooh, nice intro familiar melody um not star wars, me create yeah that sounded slightly Star Wars. Imperial words. Yeah. And I forgot the name of the, the artist where I heard it. The, that the first time. was used. You probably heard it the first time. Never Be Your Woman by, I think it was White Town. Yeah. In the 90s. Yeah, but not, but yeah. that's also a sample yeah. as well. Yeah. But that uh, I I forgot the name. Um, but I have to say... I like the song actually most with that sequence. In between, well, I don't know. Uh, that was not not my favorite. But at that song, I I could see that also works quite good for kids. I would say oh, I can see that. Uh, Lillian likes this a lot, despite of some lyrics that uh, maybe not for kids. Not one of her favorites. Not? Okay. No. One of mine. That's in my top four. But we haven't reached your absolutely favorite song? Oh, we covered my number one song. That is? Pretty Please. Pretty Please. Okay. It's a... It's... it's, I swap back and forth daily about number one. But it's... Between two songs. Um... I really like the strings at the beginning of it. Well, throughout the song, there's a cool kind of string section going on that has a, it has like a nice build up and everything that goes into it. Um, again, fantastic bass. Surprise. I, I wrote down at one point, um, she has the lyrics, sink my teeth in disbelief, which I don't really, I don't understand that. <laughs> I just wrote that down and put a bunch of question marks behind it. I was like, what does that even mean? Well, I don't think good. you'll be able to explain it to me either. And no, really tight good when you make you make make you make you think about that stuff. That that's good when you when you do that with music, at least I think. Track nine is Break My Heart. Yes. And here my first note was well, that song will be remixed a lot. I, I can see a couple of DJs making a remix out of it. I don't know why. That was she just... has a whole remix album of the... Yeah, that I figured out later. I haven't listened to it, but... <laughs> um, I don't know, that was the the first note. And then I was starting thinking about the producer or producers. And that song, for whatever reason, I was not sure if that album has like only one producer that she worked all the time with, or like if there's like fifty involved. 
I, it's I, like, it's I, like a Nas I, album. So I, I was absolutely not sure about that. And that song triggered it. I don't know why. And here also, I think, okay, interesting. Okay, it has the title Break My Heart. But so far for such a popular album, for there's no ballad on it so far, even with the title. And I, I think maybe there's coming some some ballads, but it's not. That's something I like. She doesn't have ballads, really. No, it also, I think sure. she's not a ballad artist. No. But I can absolutely imagine the record label like, oh, a good album, but there has to be a ballad on. I think she has pretty, uh, she has a good team around her that kind of protects her from from that kind of stuff. My, fir- my first note on Break My Heart, I really like the kind of lo-fi intro to the song. Yeah, that's also a good one. That was kind of neat. And then I had the note, who is her bassist? <laughs> it's not one person. <laughs> um, I really like the open. I noticed on this listen with like just sitting and listening to it, the hi-hat in this song is really cool. It's like an open hi-hat sound. Okay. Where I, don't, I can't make a hi-hat sound to <laughs> demonstrate yeah. for you. Closed hi hat is kind of about that. Closed hi hat is kind of shorter. Open, you hear it like, like okay, more like a splash. Oh yeah, except there's an actual symbol called the splash symbol. Yeah, okay, like but more close to it. It's it's just just more of an open sound instead of like the tight, quick hi hat hits that you hear a lot. Okay, I will understand more of it uh, after uh, doing the masterclass with Questlove. Pretty sure. True. Here, I, I, this song I wrote. I like the little interesting percussion things that they add throughout the whole song, like not just the random background noises, but also just percussion instruments that get used, which are it's probably MIDI based, but still cool. MIDI based. What is that? All done on a computer. Ah, uh, okay. Um. And here I like the, the drums kind of slowly increase through the song. So to like put up the tempo. Bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like volume-wise, which yeah. I found cool. Next up, we have mm-hmm. track number 10, Good in Bed. Why are you laughing? First note. Okay. First note, okay, I guess that one <laughs> Trevor skips while listening with the kids. Oh, they listen to it. If I don't pay attention to the to the words, they don't either. Yeah, okay. And then I thought, hmm. Here, here I have the, the first time written down the note. Or I, I here I can hear how much fun they had in the studio. Uh, I, I wrote down that too. I wrote this is a really fun song. Like it yeah. sounds like they have, fun. and they have that also that they have the like that that one uh, special um, sound like. Uh, okay, I, I I can make it, but they they they're also using some some 
sort of sounds uh, there. And then I said, okay, they they had fun while doing with that. It, like and, the video, I wrote down they have sounds that sound like kind of old video game sounds in this song. Yeah. Is that Absolutely. what you're thinking of? Yeah. And it reminded me of a Lily Allen song, but the lyrics were just vice versa. The Lily Allen song is, uh, you're a great guy, but you're not good and bad. <laughs> uh, after the, I forgot the, the title, but it was also a hit. Um, also a Brit- British singer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had I had to to laugh about that. So, um, but absolutely here I, I'm just okay. They 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 had fun uh, while doing it. And uh, I could see here they just recorded. They just do it for fun. I said okay, well, why not putting it on the album that it was not originally. Um, recorded for the album that we're just doing fun it'd be interesting to actually kind of see what because you record a bunch of songs when you record the albums Mm -hmm. and see what ones kind of made it last minute onto the album where or what ones you had they had pegged for the album from the beginning and then didn't actually make it on in the end yeah, behind, behind the scenes look on that would be. I mean, cool. it's that's sometimes crazy how much songs they uh, record. Like mm-hmm. the Roots Prince. have like the Roots have like two hundred fifty songs and putting like eleven on the album. Yeah. So, but they they any crazy dudes. I don't know. They they do nothing but only produce. I don't think they sleep. But huh, some produce music and play for Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, and writing books and making podcasts and making master classes and I've okay. That'll be for the roots episode yeah. we'll do eventually. Anything else you had written on this one? Um no. I wrote down that I really like the uh change of I found it a change of vocal style at the beginning. Oh, okay. Compared to the, I have to listen to it again with all your notes. And then wrote down that it's just a fun song. Like I said earlier, the kind of background video gamey kind of noises, and here it was the first time I noticed. It sounds like they use an eight oh eight. It's the really big. You'd know eight oh eight oh eight from hip hop. It's the really deep bass. Like okay. Yeah, and, they're like even producers, they call themselves 808 or like one yeah, guy. It, yeah, it's 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 an effect that is used. That's a that's a big hip hop kind of thing. Is the 808? So there's there's maybe some hip hop influence some, using some 808. Um, and I wrote down a lyric that I love in this. <laughs> Which one? Um, all the good pipe in the moonlight. <laughs> It's like, okay. wow. You mentioned, that. you mentioned that before. <laughs> it made me, the, the first time I, lis- I listened to it and heard that, I had to like go back. And, did she really just say that? Yeah. Okay. That's actually, that line was when I actually questioned whether I let the kids actually listen to that song or not. 
too late now. You're like, Daddy, what is she? Why are people working outside at nighttime? Sometimes construction workers, they have to. (laughs) They have to do it. That, that was all I had there. That's actually my number. That's the one that goes up and down with um, Pretty Please yeah. for number one. Okay. And then three and four are between Love Again and the next song, Boys Will Be Boys, track number 11, the final track of the album. Yeah. What did you think of that one? Um, great lyrics. Um, that was like really the first time that the the lyrics came to my mm-hmm. big time mind that yeah it was like uh, I don't know it was just quite cool I have to say um, and again that could also be like a, a a good song for a musical I can see that totally with the choreography and, and, and yeah and, and with yeah. the lyrics. Um, like on a on a Broadway show or somewhere in London or like something something like it. And um, that like that that voice how how she how she uses like to to pronounce that uh, that's quite good. And but then that uh, but girls will be woman that comes like you have to hear like a second time. Is that what what she's saying? But you know, it intrigues you. What well, intrigued me? I liked all the little things that she included. From I was guessing at that point from her own life, like the walking along with keys in your hand, between with keys between your knuckles at night. And oh, yeah. I wrote down that it's a, a nice. Kind of the whole album is very go, 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 go. And then this kind mm-hmm. of as the closer is subdued and it's not really a dance track per se. No. At all. Really. This so is okay. more like, like, okay, now we partied and here's like a last statement. So. Exactly. And that's, I, I think it is kind of a statement song. Yeah, so that that's what I Not like kind more. Of, like it is a pop song with a with with, with, with with a statement though. That's um, not that they don't exist, but uh, it was good. And I wrote down that it's actually I find it a good song for younger people to hear. I wrote for young women to hear, kind of to to know that I think about these things more now, having two girls. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a good song for young women to hear to know that kind of they're not alone in it. But then, yeah, even more importantly for young men to hear, so you mm-hmm. smarten up and don't be a little dickhead all the time. Yeah, or at least be respectful. That kind of way. see it. It explains a female perspective of things that. St- I think a lot of guys don't even think about like I wouldn't think that a girl is walking home with keys between her fingers. That is what you call out. a privilege, right? Because you don't yeah, know exactly. how it is. Exactly. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought of it. I wouldn't have thought of that. 
And some of the stuff about like saying you should have stuck, I should have stuck to ballet. There, I actually wondered if she did ballet at some point. I couldn't find that though. She was modeling there, no, and doing other that. Things I knew that I knew, ballet. but I don't know if she did um, ballet. But it just, I think, if she didn't, that's kind of just kind of a thing of saying maybe you should have stuck to ballet instead of stuck to dancing like the girls should be doing instead of being a singer. Oh, so now she's not doing ballet. But now she's she's dancing on stage, but and bringing other like the the Wallaces to dancing. Yes, and what I actually noticed though with the the tied in with the ballet thing was I thought the string section in it actually sounded kind of more classical inspired than the disco strings from earlier on in the album. Mm -hmm. I thought this made sounded more like you the string section that you would hear at a ballet show. Ah, well, that would be make it that would make it even more deeper. Okay. Ah, with all your notes, the next listening will be more, even more interesting. Do you have any? Um, that's that's the end of the album, of the yeah. normal album. She has various versions out now. Mm -hmm. There's a version, the main version. If you look up "Future Nostalgia" on Spotify, the main version is the one that then comes with um, "Levitating Again," but with the baby, followed by "Fever." Featuring yes. a Belgian singer, Angelie. And then that's it. And then now she has brought out the um, Future Nostalgia Moonlight Edition. Yeah. Which has, let me just go to Spotify favorites. <laughs> it has then the newest track that's the new single is called We're Good. And then it includes her song she did with Miley Cyrus, Prisoner, her song that she's done with um, J Balvin, Tiny, and Bad Bunny called Undia, One Day, then the Levitating with the Baby, and then Fever as well, and then two other tracks, If It Ain't Me and That Kind of Woman. So that is then 19 tracks, so eight extra tracks instead of 11. Unfortunately, the vinyl is not printed, so it looks like the moon. I thought that would be cool. But... No, okay. It's but... just a normal black vinyl. I'm kind of sad about that. And the vinyl is now a little bit damaged, right? Yeah, but the, I mean the Moonlight version, the Moonlight oh. edition. I thought if it's called Moonlight Edition, you could make it printed so that it looks like the moon on the actual vinyl. Well, maybe they're not as creative as you are. So that'd be pretty dope. No, mine mine is damaged now. Future nostalgia. How you like these extra songs, the new songs? Um Oh, I've I've heard Prisoner before. Same with Fever. And the uh, one day I've I'd heard before the newest one, the new single that's just her though is "We're Good." I find it pretty cool. Ah, and there's one called "Not My Problem" featuring JID Jid. I, I don't. It's a rapper. That one is awesome. I love that one. Okay, I have to listen. I only listen to really like the eleven songs on the original one. 
Oh, no. And I um, listen also to Fever. Yeah. And what did you think of Fever? A different sound. Like uh, it had completely. It was yeah. a little darker. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, it's, it's a pop song, but like I think there's potential that I, if I listen more to it, that say uh, I can see you. Okay, that there's something I, I can work with. The, the music video for Fever is pretty hilarious. Oh, there's already a video for. Yeah, it's it's been out for a while. Um, they, it's the two of them running through the streets somewhere. I don't know in what city, and I don't know if it was set up, but they're running through the streets singing their song, and it, they, in this one scene, it cuts to them like running through a subway station, and like not by the tracks, but up above the tracks where you're about to exit. And they, they're singing along and a lady just starts swearing at them as she's walking past them. And it's hilarious because they cut out the music just to include this lady swearing at them. <laughs> I was like, I don't think that's planned. Like it seemed like, <laughs> well, then that would be it was just them sw- singing along. And then this older lady just got pissed at them for, for singing. I thought, I, I thought that was great. That made me like the song more. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, shut the fuck up. Do you have any uh, overall vibes for the album or overall ideas? Uh, from the first listening, I I have to say I liked it more than I thought. Yes. I was like, still not really my taste, but for that, like, as that time, time was just getting like, oh, already over. Uh, uh was never bored uh really tr- interesting to hear that um so and as said like it has a quite i like that uh, it keeps the tempo the tempo up it's a very high tempo album my my overarching theme amazing bass throughout <laughs> <laughs> surprise surprise best bass album ever this album actually made me i have i don't think i've ever ever had it with another album it made me miss the idea idea of going out and dancing in clubs okay i don't i didn't even like dancing in clubs before we weren't allowed to but but that that's interesting that you mentioned it like I thought about this um, also while listening to it and I do not want to dance while listening to it. It's not my music to dance, but I could totally see that at a party, that music and everybody going bonkers and that the mood is good, you know, and Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just have a drink with, with friends and with that music, the mood is good. Even if it's not the where the song comes, and I immediately say, "Oh, I want to dance." That's like right, but but I can see everybody is is happy with that. So that is that is quite nice. I could absolutely imagine like having a, a Christmas party at my company and everybody enjoying themselves right through it, which also made me want to have a, a great Christmas party again. <laughs> and you could seriously um, play that goes on to. A, a next note of mine for the album 
is that there's not really a bad track on the whole, whole album, I found. Yeah, I can also see that playing in the background and... Um... Like as I said, nobody like really going. What's that? Some like it, and but the others are like, "Oh, we have. I don't mind." But um, you can play it all the time in the background, or like in the office while working, like people humming with it. And, yeah. and another note I have was um, I need to, I, this is something I need to look into with other pop albums. I found that there's lots of layering, like what I, what I said throughout the first listening, that things just kind of pop up and I'm like, oh, where's that coming from? And like just little things that you don't really notice at first, the first time you listen to it. And then you listen to it a little more carefully the next time and you hear these just sounds that you didn't really think were there before or you didn't notice before. And I think I, I really like that in music. Yeah, that, uh, as mentioned, will be good for me then with all your, what, what you hear to listen to it again. That changes way more than reading other things. I found it like a, like musically complex, but also simple at the same time. Hmm. Like it feels simple, but if you listen carefully, it's not actually simple. If you get what I mean, it's yeah. It's like again uh, a metaphor from sports, but you know, when it looks easy, um, it's not. You know, it's a lot a lot of work behind that. Exactly, that is a good mix. Yeah. And I found it um, a very empowering album. You can tell that she was working through some stuff with what the lyrics are about through the whole album. It's basically mm -hmm. a breakup album. And yeah. about breaking up and then getting into a new relationship. What fits to the title. Yeah. yeah. And a bit of nostalgia true. and a little bit, okay. Get out of here. And here's the future. And... By the way, I'm just too good. Yeah. Yeah. But she, I think she was going through some stuff right before she recorded it. And I think during the recording process, relationship wise. And she, I think, used the album to empower herself a bit, which, which seemed cool. to work. And then some. Very it fits quite well to if we go into the deep dive. You want to go more into the deep dive? Um, to a lyric line that I was reading on the deep dive, but I was not listening to it or I didn't hear it actually. Why at the first one? And that is from the first song No matter what you do, I'm gonna get it without you. I know you ain't used to a female alpha. That fits quite well, you said. And that's a, that's a cool line. I said that's also great to have that at, at the beginning. But I didn't hear it at the first listen because I just listened to the all over sound. She she has a lot of interesting lyrics in that first in the track feature nostalgia. 
there's um also the lyric i can't teach your man how to wear his pants mm -hmm. like, i can't teach you how to be a man basically and yeah. yeah i found that pretty cool too going deeper into the um female alpha thing i've listened to interviews with her and read interviews with her where they actually ask about that and some interviewers are like you do realize that you are like the female alpha now like after this album dropped you that's yeah. you and is that something that they're asking is that something that you felt when you were writing this and she said it's kind of a thing where she would write things that she wants to be and wants herself to feel mm -hmm. and through performing it and bringing it out there she has become it but when she wrote it she was she said she didn't feel like a female alpha it was kind of a thing of manifesting it for herself yeah so with she, like, said, she says like, she does that with other lyrics as well yeah so like the lyrics like this are the self-proclaiming prophecy yeah mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's cool that goes into the whole empowering. I think for yeah. her, it empowered her a lot writing it. So, Beric, what time of day is this album for you? Um, this is absolutely. Uh, what? You always have like First what of... season? What? Yeah. First of all, it's a summer album. Oh, for sure, yeah. Absolutely. And it is a morning album because I can see people in the morning just getting up, having a coffee or going to work and want to be in good mood. And I can see people coming home when this, from a party and still listening to that album while the sun is getting up. Do you know when Dua Lipa writes all of her music? In the morning. Bingo. Ha, very good. Yeah. Um, what kind what, what, uh, what time of day is it uh, for you? Oh, totally morning. I, I, yeah? I listen to it all day. So it's an all day. <laughs> all day. <laughs> but it, it's like usually once my wife leaves for work, we put that on, do our morning exercises with the kids, and then so it's morning. But also a dance album for going to the club and listening to it. If people can ever go to the club again. Yeah. Okay, I didn't find anything about what Chuck Klosterman is saying about Dua Lipa. What do you think? What Chuck Klosterman say? I think he would probably dive. It's it's been gone into a lot though her background is that her parents immigrated to london from kosovo yeah they're she's albanian kosovarian. what kosovarian she's completely like her both of her yeah. parents are from there they went there yeah. during but the um they were refugees and they then moved back once it was a bit more once it was more peaceful in Kosovo they moved back when she was I think 11 
and then she went to school there from being 11 to 15 and then with 15 moved back to London again to but alone alone she lived with a girl who was going to university who was like the daughter of one of her parents friends or an acquaintance or something and so not not without her fa- without her family but not completely alone that person she no longer has contact with though because that person would send pictures of her messy bedroom to her mother so they don't <laughs> talk anymore because <laughs> she would get in trouble yeah i learned a lot um but i think she, uh, so don't mess around with dua lipa yeah, don't send pictures of her dirty bedroom um she has moved around a lot and the moving is a big topic all the time it would be an easy topic to cover for chuck klosterman but he usually goes to a different side of it yeah maybe her political he would, involvement i could see him doing that yeah or he would be like putting a topic that we never think about and then ah oh, that's good i don't know she's she actually falls into we've had discussions about this before of um on previous episodes of what do the people do nowadays like what musicians are actually getting out there and doing mm-hmm. protest songs we talked about protest songs a lot and maybe there's not just not going to be protest songs anymore i haven't really heard that many but dua lipa holy crap does she she posts tons of stuff on social media about things she believes in It'll, it gets her in trouble and she's like whatever yeah but explains she herself and keeps going powerful she's very young still she's 24 something yeah right well and Always good when young people. Yeah, 25. Uh, 25. Still, 25. I mean, it's always yeah. good when people put up their minds about uh, things. Oh, depends. <laughs> but um, yeah, that makes sense for me. She's. She also. Um, she has with her dad a music festival in Kosovo where they actually had the first massive the first female major international female artist to ever perform in kosovo performed at their festival and it it wasn't my it it was miley cyrus so not dua maybe she want to perform also soon in bremen at the weser stadium because the maybe the second biggest star from kosovo is the football player milos rashica and he plays for Werder bremen Maybe they're so close. I don't know. It just <laughs> just comes to my mind. He's not scheduled for any concerts in Bremen. Uh, Hanover, Berlin. No, not Hanover. Cologne, Berlin, and Hamburg. Yeah, the, that's it. That's usually the, the places where the big artists come. The album is actually nominated for... Uh, not the album. She is nominated for six Grammys. The album is nominated for five. W- weren't just the Grammy last Sunday? We have to check. Were the Grammys last Sunday? I think. I saw a picture with Jay-Z with some Grammys. I don't know. But... I don't think so. Usually they're in February. 
Okay. They what, got pushed what a lot. Yeah. What What does it mean in 2021? No, oh, no, it's on the 14th of March. So she has Grammy nominations for Record of the Year. I, I'm a bit confused between the difference of Record of, of the Year and Album of the Year. I'm guessing Record of the Year is... No, there's also a Song of the Year. I don't get it. Well, that, the difference. What, what is that? Grammys. Record of the Year, Don't don't Start Now, is nominated for that. The whole album is nominated for Album of the Year. Don't Start Now is nominated for Song of the Year. And for Best Pop Solo Performance of the Year. And the album is also nominated for Best Pop Vocal Album. So this year's Grammy is just a huge Trevor show. Oh, I'll be as the host is anyway Trevor Noah. Um, and but it will be all about Dua Lipa and Taylor Swift. Yeah, and Beyonce's in it apparently as well. She's nominated for some stuff. Most nominations nine. Did she put out an album? Um, Beyonce has nine nominations. Yeah, that's what I see here. So to get back onto the deep dive of the album, as we said earlier, uh, we were wrong earlier. It wasn't March twenty sixth. It was March twenty seventh. It was released. Um, it was recorded from January two thousand eighteen to November two thousand. 19 and was scheduled to be released April 3rd. Unfortunately, it got leaked ahead of time. Yeah. So she released it a week early. Yeah. Seems that it doesn't really hurt her. No. And then there's there's lots of talk online on in interviews about what it, if she ever thought of not releasing it because of the pandemic. There's been lots of artists in 2020 that didn't release albums that are finished because they wanted it to coincide with a tour. Mm -hmm. Which, that's kind of the standard way of doing it. Yeah, but I don't really get it. I mean, I don't get it either. If you have a big hit now, people are even more desperate to see a show when when, when it's back. Mm Mm-hmm. And you still have all the time for getting streaming and numbers and people that buying your records and then for a longer period of time and then you can have the the tour. Maybe maybe people didn't want their music associated with this time. Yeah, but that but also I don't see. There's because, always gonna be something. Yeah. That's and, and what's the best for giving people good music when or something bad happens? Right. Exactly, uh, and that's but, that's what Dua's mindset was: is she wanted people to at least have fun and be able to enjoy themselves, and hopefully that this album would do that, which it has because it's basically been top of the charts all the time. So I found some yeah. influences from her, and that was mentioned Nelly Furtado. Mm-hmm. That uh, was not Furtado. a surprise for me. Uh, Furtado, sorry, I have done. I have to stick up for the Canadian. Yeah. She's a great artist. She is. And Pink, already mentioned. 
yep. what a surprise. And then chance the rapper Kendrick Lamar and Outcast. And Outcast apparently is also has an influence on the future nostalgia theme that she was listening for example to outcast and she was getting nostalgic about the youth and still like uh, still that sound was fresh and new and she wondered how can i create this it was fresh and clean <laughs> uh, maybe i don't know which song it was but i that is a good one because outcast is a great example they there. are like like classic but they do stuff that nobody else do she actually oh, i wish she could we could do screen sharing she did a cover of a chance the rapper song when she first started out on it's on soundcloud called cocoa butter kisses and it's and hilarious that is, okay it's a chance the rapper song it's It's very interesting I, hearing Dua Lipa kind of rap. Wow, I think she with her voice and her yeah, it's, it's, speed. I can imagine that. Um, I don't know Chance the Rapper stuff. I know he's super big. He's huge. I don't know his stuff either. He's very huge. I, don't, I know so much Kendrick Lamar stuff. He's like maybe the best of the last 10, 15 years, I would say. But um, like rapper, not a musician maybe, but Chance the Rapper style, I don't know. Chance is huge. He does, yeah, my right. favorite thing of Chance the Rapper, the main thing that I know him for is he does a skit on Saturday Night Live where he's a ringside report, sports reporter at hockey games, but he's like a, normally like a basketball reporter and he just got thrown in and doesn't know anything about <laughs> hockey that's it's fantastic i love it that could be me like we're doing <laughs> hockey i think he's a huge uh, basketball guy and yeah I think a, a, it, he's it, from it's, chicago it's right. hilarious going on to do with though she uh the idea for the album it's actually kind of cool she came up with the name of the album first while walking mm. through Las Vegas. She was walking around in Vegas, thinking about what to do for the next album, came up with the name of the album and kind of the concept before even writing a single song, mm -hmm. and then kind of worked backwards. I don't, I don't know that that happens very often where an artist figures out the name of their album and then makes the album. Ah, but Vegas is also good picture for that sound and also for that title vegas and future nostalgia fits quite good and, and so for the listeners if no one if people don't know what the whole concept of the album is is that she dua lipa wanted to take the sounds that she grew up with that her parents were listening to when she was younger and kind of refresh them and make them new bringing the nostalgic past into the future hence future nostalgia so that's why it has the 70s 80s 90s feel throughout the album but it still feels modern at the same time i think it it achieves that quite well 
Yeah. And I, I, I like the picture of her going through Vegas. And Vegas has a special vibe. I'm not a Vegas fan. Been there twice. I think it's a strange place, but but I know from a lot of Americans, from podcasts, from pop culture, from movies and all that stuff that Vegas has. Also, a lot of people have them some nostalgia about the old Vegas, and Vegas still is like the you know the pure cash machine and everything that could be new and bring in bring in the cash is that like Vegas doing, like mm-hmm. um. And still, it's it's a big show, right? Everything there's a big show. Yeah. Um, and also good shows. I, have to, I was there, the Beatles show, for example, a Cirque du Soleil Beatles show, massively professional, very good. Um, and I can see that this works also with with, with the album. I have, like. I've been to Vegas one time, and I had the same issue that. Before Dua Lipa had did this walk around, she'd been there multiple times, but only for work. Where we do a show there, leave, do promo there, leave, and you don't get any downtime. That's what I had. I, I I've been there one time, and it, it was for a show. So I did the show, had a show the next day. So or in two days, but basically just played a f- few hands of blackjack or something and then went up to my room and that was it. Yeah. I didn't get the and real Vegas experience. I also think I don't really get the real Vegas experience. I was there once like for with family and one time with work. So of course everyone went a little bit out but still it was not like Vegas, Vegas, party hard. So, but interesting to to observe. One thing I, f- I found very interesting about an, in an interview that I found with Dua was that she said she really likes telling stories a lot in her lyrics. So much so that she will actually actually rewrite the melody of the song so that she can fit the lyrics that she wants. So she can properly tell her story. Sounds a little bit like Taylor Swift. So putting so much effort in in, in this story and lyrics. No wonder that yeah. you like her. Yeah. I don't. I don't know that Dua is as secretive as Taylor and has as many bizarre Easter eggs. But uh, I, I think that would be tough to top. What else you have for for deep dive? Um, for the album first track that they worked on was levitating mm-hmm. and then they kind of based the whole album off of that ah, so, that it, so they took it she wanted to have a have the albums have feel like a family sound wise so sonically meshed together which i think it does completely. Yeah, that's absolutely true so that's why i wondered if there are a lot of producers or only one because of that sound or i don't know um absolutely it it has one one sound or at least it fits together there's a ton of producers on this album like it feels like a new producer for every song Dua Lipa is always in it of course 
there's Stefan Kosmaniuk, who just goes by Cause. He's produced a few songs on it with her, but like every song has basically Dua Lipa plus at least two other people as writers, um, producers. Every track has at least two producers. It's a very collaborative album, which is kind of cool. I like it. Yep. If you think about, and that's one thing that I get a bit confused of sometimes is in, in the pop music industry, you get people who kind of look down on pop artists sometimes and say, oh, well, they don't write their music just by themselves. But neither does a band. It's not like one guy in the band writes all the music and that's it. With a band, it's a collaborative project. Most of the time. Not if Most. you're Oasis at the at the early stages or But no, then it's also not it's yeah, not just the Gallagher brothers, it's or it's not just one of the brothers. One of the someone will write the lyrics, someone will write the No, for at the beginning he wrote all of it. Do the melodies like but you know it doesn't matter um, i do agree with you it's anyway uh collaboration um still there's a i know we talked about it uh, with others but there are artists that only giving their name and do nothing about it that that's something else but um yeah it, usually it is anyway uh, a teamwork like in a band anyway um and also as a solo artist. It's a big thing, I think, that I've noticed actually more with female artists where they get kind of taken down a notch because if, mm -hmm. if they collaborate with people. Whereas you look at a lot of... I don't see what the issue is with collaboration. Yeah. You get more input. You get more ideas. How's that a bad thing? No, and uh, the, the main man I was when I was younger more critical about it, but I didn't know really about the process. Um, like the best thing you can have, like is working with a producer like Rick Rubin. Or, I don't know. Of course, like all good artists are, are doing this. So what I still find strange is like when web artists have a ghostwriter. That I still think is kind of strange. Like, but ghostwriting is still something different than working yeah. in a studio with somebody, right? That's that's also yeah. different. And yeah, I, but I, get if I like... think you're right that I'm pretty sure that female artists are getting way more heat about it than um, male artists. I don't think you would ever hear anything about if if Ed Sheeran mm -hmm. did a collaboration mm -hmm. with someone. Did anybody complain about Michael Jackson and Quincy Jones? Everybody said, oh, Quincy Jones is a genius, right? Yeah, exactly. Nah. You're right. That's actually a big thing that I've, I was reading in interviews with Dua Lipa is the discussion of being a female artist in the music industry. Wow. Well, that's good when she speaks out about stuff and bringing a, another picture. Taylor, Taylor Swift has done the same thing too. 
It's actually, I, I find it kind of cool that uh, these higher up female artists are actually talking about it now. Something that, that wasn't really talked about before. Yeah, well, it's good when, when things like this are on the map. Also, like things like this is an important topic, or like I saw, I think we already mentioned both of them, Andrea 3000 talking with Rick Rubin about depression. Yeah. Uh, and like in rap music, that's also a topic that was not discussed in the past. Um, it's good when, when artists are doing vocalized things like this. Yeah, I like it. Especially when they're huge and can help people that just have. Yeah. They can reach more of an audience if they discuss those kind of issues. Yeah. What I also found at the deep dive was a, a tiny desk concert. That was good. I like that. Um, that was really good. I'm, I like her songs way more and uh, like on the album in, in that way. And I liked your favorite um, the most of it, uh, that one, the, the Pretty Please one. I couldn't find that, guy, that bass player's name. <laughs> the, like the live guy. So w one thing that some people might know about is that Dua had to support this album because she couldn't go on tour, came out with an online show that she did called Studio 2054. It was, I think it was in November. And that, I had tickets, a ticket for it. My wife and I stayed up extra late to watch it. They had it streaming through. Um, they streamed it, I think, three different times. Maybe, maybe more. Um, but different times, different time zones all the time. Like they had one for nighttime here in Europe, for nighttime in Australia, for North, everywhere. And that was so cool. It was an interesting take on doing a digital concert because it was basically like they did a live music video. Okay, that works quite well with her music. Yeah. So I would. Uh, I only saw the video of physical, but I would not be surprised um, if all songs would have a, a video like, like also having a video album like. Beyonce did it for Lemonade, I think. Um, that would not be a surprise at all for me. It was, but that basically, that's what she did then with that show. It was a super and cool experience. As we uh, also talk about Vegas, I could also imagine her having a show in Vegas. Like, oh, the girl has lots of time before that happens, though. Yeah. Vegas show is like end of your career kind of thing. Uh, okay. But still, or just doing it, I don't know, for a month and then up to the next one. I had something else I wanted to talk about. And uh, at that tiny desk concert, I figured, well, her voice is even better when she's just talking. <laughs> yeah, it's, she has a very cool voice. And a great British accent. She's now also become... She's now listed on the 
Time Magazine Next 100 Most Influential People. She's listed as the pop prodigy on their list. It's 2020 and 2021 are, I think, going to be the years of Dua. Well, maybe there are way more to come. Like, if yeah. she's the next big thing in pop music, she will have, like, more, like, 10 years, so you don't know. This, though, is the, like, before this album, she had her debut album, and there was um, her song, New Rules, which kind of kicked her off in North America. And that, that album gave her a stepping stone, but this album has just blasted her off. Like she's yeah. she's everywhere right now. It might have something to do with the fact that people there wasn't as much music released in the past year, maybe, but there was still lots of music released and high quality music. And it's absolutely a sound that that is absolutely radio popular music. Yeah, I mean, no question about it. The question for you, as we talk about a future, can you picture her also like having a career like doing all that kind of arty things, like also being an actress and that stuff? Or you think she's just, uh, just that she's the music is all of it? Or could you see her? I could like, see. Like Justin Timberlake, or I don't know, like also. I don't know that it would happen. I don't know that it would happen soon, but she's done stuff. Um, She just did uh, like a photo shoot for Vogue, where she also did a little, a little skit show for them, as well. Of like, do a teacher's dance class, and she had a little mini sitcom that they did, and making sketches for Kimmel. Yeah. She hosted Kimmel once as well. Yeah, so. So it's, I don't think it's out of the question for her, but I don't know that that, I don't, with all the interviews I saw with her, I don't know that that's high on her priority list right now. Right now it seems like she's music first, very much. I will not be surprised in the next five years, see her in TV shows or movies. I think it would be more movies than TV shows. Yeah, maybe. Something else for the deep dive? No. I think we will do a little bit of an even deeper dive episode, a little 20-minute episode that that we'll do about Dua Lipa to get into a bit more of her history. I wanted to kind of just focus on the album more. In this because you can there's lots of stuff about about this woman she's very interesting and and already with only with just 25 yeah it's pretty cool um now that's about it for the deep dive uh, should we go on to our rankings yes so let's do it her this album has been ranked pretty high across the board. Like it's usually, it's getting four to five stars basically everywhere. 
I don't think I saw it ranked anywhere lower than four stars. Who is more loved by the critics, she or Taylor Swift? I think Taylor Swift might be... I think Taylor Swift might be more loved by the critics, but she also has the body of work to back it up right now. This is Dua's second album. A lot of these influential music journalists coming from the US, and so Taylor has maybe an advantage there. Yeah, and and you know, hold on. she's been at it longer. Yeah, like a lot longer. Yeah. She has a lot of albums, but this uh, future nostalgia is still on Spotify's. I think it's from last week. It's sitting at the top spot on Spotify's world charts. How many uh, streams are there right now? Like I have to, to check. Streams of just Dua Lipa's of the songs. Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot. Give me one moment. Okay, so Levitating has like two hundred, almost three hundred millions already. It's not even. Oh, well, Don't Start Now has. Over a billion, 1.3. Okay. That's a little bit more than Block Party has. Because this is happy music. Not as good, but okay. This is way better than Block Party. (laughs) No way. Get out. This is way better. I actually, one of the reasons I picked this album for you was because I heard an interview where she said she wanted to make sad music that people can dance to. I was like, that's perfect <laughs> for Barrick. You that's might why I said, like this. Like, it's um, a good album for us. As I said, future nostalgia, sad music to dance to. It, the album is charted like number one everywhere. It's got, well, now the more than 4 billion streams for the album on Spotify. And it's not even a year. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot. It's really, really a lot. So yeah, most ratings, like I saw Pitchfork rating that was like 7.8 or something from 10. So, and they usually also quite quite critical um screw pitchfork 7.5 i i i 7.5 that's only giving out good. tens for frank ocean i don't think i'll ever take a pitchfork review seriously ever again <laughs> never never well then did. then you uh after my rating, my number, you will never take me serious again. Okay, what did you give this, Barrett? For me. So you have to consider that it's just not my type of music. I in advance I would think, whoo, that will be like a four. Then I listen to it. Oh, okay. Thought, oh, maybe it's uh maybe it's a five. It went up to a six point five for me which is like the best that that kind of music can get. 
because you know still it's sad music as she said but now it, it's happy dance music so whew. like 6.5 for me for that album is like like a 10 for nas yeah six point six a 10 for nas that's complete bullshit uh, <laughs> so um yeah thanks listeners for our last show together um <laughs> as now the morally podcast is canceled no so no. i don't have to ask you because for you it's it's a 10 out of 10 for me i love this album i think it's good from front front to back no holes in it even if i didn't like the music i can be objective and give ratings yeah but you're pushing me, man. Yeah, you're really pushing me. And and um, wait until you get no, to my I... next choice of album. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the darkness. Oh no 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 no! <laughs> the next one will be something I haven't even listened to. Oh, for me, but I I give it a ten out of ten. Um, in regards to influence, I think on overall culture. For when it came out, I think it's had a very big influence. I mean, it's been, it's been at the top since it's been released, basically. And it's back at the top now. Like, it went down a little bit, back right back up now. And it's... I think it will always... It might always be remembered as a COVID album, which is kind of a shame. I'm not sure about that. I think people will get into when you hear the songs in 10 years. I could see people being, ah, I remember those. Those were when we had dance parties at home. Yeah, but still, it's so popular music and so dance, so that I think it will be played so much on radio that people, some, then almost forget about it and then just like to dance about it i think that has a chance i hope it does i mean for some well everybody has diff or like i don't know yeah okay even uh, but I, I think it has a, a better chance than for example the the taylor swift album because also of the sound yeah taylor swift is more those two albums i think are more kind of for sitting at home and listening yeah. to music yeah yeah i hope i hope it doesn't just get remembered as that and i hope that it, there comes a time when we can actually go out and possibly even see the concert that would be fun to go All to right, that concert with you Barry and Trevor and, going and, to do a leap together we'll be like the only like guys in their 30s <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> possibly no no there are a lot like yeah good chance we could take lily well if we consider how long it will take to, to have concerts again <laughs> huh. she should be able to go to that concert with being 10 in five years um so over overall 10 out of 10 Influence still up there, but I don't know. I can if I can actually we'll give see. It a rating. It's more yeah. of a wait and see. Yeah, 
we will see. I mean, it could be that she will be still like the biggest pop artist or one of the big in, in 10 years, and then always will be remembered as her brick breakthrough. Um, you never know. I saw a lot of things saying she's But, with the title Queen of Quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> or the quarantine queen but <laughs> that's good as all of the time we will understand the future only backwards so unfortunately we will. unless we can time travel at some point then oh yeah then the possibilities are endless so Beric as we're kind of done with Dua yeah Let's leap forward to what <laughs> your next choice of album will be. My next choice. I almost forgot to 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 pick to pick one, which is like it's so much fun to think about the next album. But it's a good sign for for Dua Lipa. She keep my mind occupied. Um, and you gave her a six and a half. Yeah, yeah. It is what it is. Um, I have. A genre that we already talked about, and also a time that we talked about, and it's a classic, and you know it, and I know it. A lot of research, and it just recently turned 25. So, what album by the Roots are we doing? No album by the Roots, but close from the genre. I think you will like it. It's the Fuji's The Score. Oh, that was one of my first cassettes. Yeah, and... That's a good one. Uh, Man, so I wanted good. to have one that I could give a, like, two. No chance for that, I'm sorry. Not a chance with Fuji's The Score. No That's a chance. Fuji's The Score, as it just... I that I read that it's 25. I had a list and I said... That's oh my album. goodness, is that a good album? So that's a very good album. And now for our feature presentation. Yeah. Ready or not? That was possibly my introduction to hip hop, to proper, proper yeah. hip hop. Yeah, it kind of, yeah, it was there before, like all that stuff that we talked about, like Wu Tang. That sound was already there. Oh, that's cool. It, it it pathed the way, I would say. That was for one hundred percent the first hip hop album I ever owned was Fuji's The Score. And so cool sounds on. Okay, we will have an episode yeah, about it. But we'll talk um, about that. Ready or not. Here we come. <laughs> yeah. You can hide, but why would you want to? Yeah. Why? Why? So that's about it for this episode about Dua Lipa's future nostalgia, which from me gets a 10, from Beric a 6.5, which is basically a 10, apparently. <laughs> For an album that is much, much better than Block Party. Any album by Block Party. No way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the end of the show. Join us next time when we discuss Fuji's The Score. And we will probably both be on 
basically the same page <laughs> that time around. Yeah, back again. So it, it, that's why I immediately said, okay, we have to do the Fugees because then we'll be on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs>